devices are prevalent in the ERP industry. And most times when people talk about devices, they are only going to claim that the technical vendors or the OEMs are going to be biased just because of the compensation or the monetary arrangements that they are going to have. But in general, the biases that you are going to have, they might not be compensation related, but they could be equally dangerous for your ERP selection. So we are going to look at all of those biases in this video. So let's dive Growing a business requires a holistic approach that extends beyond sales and marketing. This approach needs alignment among people, processes, and technologies. So if you're a business owner, operations, or finance leader looking to learn growth strategies from your peers and competitors, you're tuned into the right podcast. Welcome to the WBS Podcast, where scalable growth using business systems is our number one priority. Now... Here is your host, Sam Gupta. Hello, everyone. My name is Sam Gupta, and I am principal at Elevate IQ. Elevate IQ is the independent ERP and digital transformation consulting firm. We help our clients with the ERP selection, digital transformation strategy, as well as ERP implementation. So let's get back to today's topic, which is going to be top 10 ERP selection biases in 2023. So now let's look at the list. Number 10 on our list is bigger, the better. The way this particular bias works is the bigger system that you are going to get is going to be better than the smaller solutions. You are going to hear this argument from the ERP sales reps, and sometimes even the internal teams are probably going to be biased to that as well. And the main reason why this particular bias exists is because all of these bigger solutions are going to have all of the feature sets and functionality that you are going to be needing. So they typically have the, the false um, positive signal that you you might feel that they can meet the requirements functionally, but they are going to be so overwhelming for the teams that they might not be able to use it. So obviously the size is one of the factors that you should be looking at when you are looking at any of the solutions. Typically ERP sales reps are going to push for the larger solutions because it's the larger deal size for them. Also, when you are talking in just one ecosystem, for example, let's say, if you are in the SAP or Oracle ecosystem or Microsoft, for them, let's say if their smaller solution is not going to win, then they are going to recommend that, you know what, you probably should be going for the larger solution because that's probably going to be better for you. But then at the same time, you are not looking at some of the other solutions. And sometimes they might have those feature sets. They might be designed for mid-market industry. They might not be as overwhelming. So that's why the bigger, the better bias exists, whether it is going to be with the ERP sales steps or it is going to be your own bias. So the solution is going to be make sure you pay attention to the size of the companies that are using the best way to do that is going to be to look at the case studies of the solution. What is the average size of the companies that are using? Let's say if they have 25, 30 different case studies. Is it just one company that is the enterprise company or do they have 10 companies or 90% of the companies are really in the small to medium size space? So again, the size is going to be really, really critical. That has to be similar to how your company is. So make sure you are not getting caught up in this particular bias. So that's number 10. 
data number nine on our list is the brand bias. And brand bias would have many different flavors as well. Sometimes the, the way the brand bias works as, for example, let's say if you are going for SAP or Microsoft or Oracle or any of the known solutions that you are going to have in the industry, you are simply thinking that, you know what, if I am going for SAP, then I should not have any problems. Or you are thinking in your head is if SAP cannot do this, then no other vendors would be able to do this. So all of these are biases and the reason for that is because each of the solutions each of the brands are really designed for a specific target market and just because the brand might be bigger or you might be going for a specific brand you might still have the implications so look out for this particular bias this could be equally dangerous as your other bias whether it is going to be from your because of the consultants or it is your own bias but brand bias is going to have a risk so don't fall for any of the brands look for the specific product capabilities look for their roadmap and look for the case study of that particular product as well as vendor how they are positioned in the market that's probably the right way of looking at it, but this is the bias that is extremely prevalent in the ERP. That's number nine. Now, number eight on our list is the industry bias. And the way this uh, bias works is my peers use it, so I should use it too. Or my competitor is using it, so I should not be using it. All of these are different flavors of the industry bias. Now, industry is a good variable in general to look for with the ERP system. Just don't be too biased towards the industry because when you are going to have all of these flavors of this particular industry bias, where if you are simply going with the assumption that if your peers are successful or peers are using it, then you should be successful with it as well. But your transactions may be different. Your business model may be different. And sometimes you need to look at this more from the ERP lenses. You need to ask a qualified ERP consultant who can really analyze the master data, who can analyze the data model uh, from the ERP perspective to be able to understand whether these businesses are going to be different or not. And if you're simply ignoring a solution or implementing a solution that is going to be in your industry, that might fire back just because your business model may be different, your production processes may be different, your SKUs may be different, your data may be different. So there are so many different variables, but this is the bias that you need to look out for. This is very common uh, and that's number eight. Number seven is the knowledge bias. And there are many different flavors for this bias as well. Sometimes it is going to be, uh, you know, my team knows about this solution, so I should be implementing it. Or the executives may know this particular solution, so that's why they are recommending that I should be implementing this solution. Or maybe you have utilized this in your previous company and then you are bringing that back and you are simply using that. Now, a skill set could be a great factor to consider as part of your selection, but don't be too biased just because of that knowledge, because you need to make sure that your data model is going to be aligned um, your business model is going to be aligned uh, you know with the ERP system that you are selecting otherwise you might have implementation issues and just because it worked in the last company it might not work uh, in this particular company because each business model is different these transactions are different so you still have to do these uh, this analysis so look out for the knowledge bias that's number seven now number 
Number six on our list is budget bias. Budget bias is very interesting as well. In this particular case, what you are going to feel is, hey, you know what? I don't have a lot of budget. So let me go for this particular ERP and I'm not going to keep anything for consulting change management. And if you are not going to keep that, you are going to probably implement on your own. And the outcome of that process is going to be that you might not use the product. Your expectation is going to be that the company that you are buying it from, they are going to provide a lot of hand holding as you are going to use it. But typically they have fixed number of hours allocated as part of the price that they may have quoted for the implementation training. And after that, they are not going to provide unless you invest more. So initially you did, you selected a solution which might be way larger for your operations, but you ran out of budget just because for the consulting and change management, because you didn't feel that it is going to be important, but that's a critical factor for your implementation. So make sure you select a solution that is going to leave some room for the implementation training that is more important than your technology itself. And if you don't have any budget to implement a solution, especially for change management and consulting, just don't buy any ERP because most likely you are probably going to struggle with it. The other flavors of the budget bias could be that I have too much budget and then I can afford anything and I am going to buy the largest solution possible, SAP, Microsoft, Oracle, just because I'm growing very fast. Now, this bias could be equally dangerous as well because in this particular case, what you are doing is you are selecting a solution just based on your financial ability. That is typically not an indicator for the success of the ERP implementation. You need to look at the, the capabilities of the ERP. You need to align that with your business model, with your transaction model, with your process model, and you need to select an ERP based on that. So look out for this bias as well. And that's going to be your number six. Number five is the prestige bias. And in this particular case, what happens is sometimes you are going to have these assumptions that, you know what, I am buying an ERP and I am creating this budget for an ERP just because I am going to brag about it in my sales calls. I am going to win some business just because I'm using SAP, Microsoft or any other ERP systems or the vendor. So that's going to be your assumption overall from the prestige perspective, or it could be because you are implementing a solution because your resume is going to be good, or um, you are feeling that, you know what, once you implement the solu solution, then your enterprise value is going to increase. So you may have all of these assumptions in terms of, you know, which solution you are selecting. But if you are going to select a solution that is not going to be fit for your processes, data model, as well as transaction model, then what is going to happen is you might not even go live. So you can only brag about it when the implementation is going to be successful, when it is going to work. Otherwise, you are probably going to create a lot more trouble for yourself than getting the benefits that you were hoping uh, because of this bias. So look out for that bias as well. And this is a number five. Now, number four is the preferential bias. And preferential bias is going to be just... Uh, it's very similar to your knowledge bias, but in this particular case, you are simply preferring a specific solution just because you like it a lot more for whatever reason. And sometimes you are going to have these biases. You are not looking at requirements. You are simply saying that, you know what? I have always preferred SAP. I always like SAP. I like the feel about SAP. So I am probably going to look at SAP. But again, you know, sometimes these biases could be departmental or sometimes that could be personal. Sometimes these biases could be of executives. So 
everybody could be biased, including the consultants. So you need to look out for that, why they are saying a specific solution they are recommending. Is it just because that's the only solution that they know? They have any sort of biases around that? It could be skill set. It could be so many different things. So make sure you watch for that. So that's number four. Now, number three on our list is the solution bias. And solution bias could be equally dangerous as well. So in this particular case, what happens is, let's say if you have a consulting company, they might only be comfortable with, let's say, ERP or WMS, TMS, e-commerce. So they are going to feel everything. They are going to do everything from their perspective. And they are going to drag the architecture in their direction in general. If you talk to, for example, let's say, if you think about your pricing discount or you talk about the allocation piece, and most of these companies are going to have their own sort of preferences in terms of where these processes and the data sets should be hosted, which department should be controlling. So that's where your solution bias is going to be that, okay, e-commerce is far more prominent than your ERP or WMS is far more prominent than uh, your ERP. Whatever bias you are going to have from the selection perspective, most likely you are going to see implications either in terms of the master data governance or from the reconciliation workflows. So that's why this whole enterprise architecture analysis is uh, super critical because you need to design the, the boundaries of each of the system and make sure that you don't have any sort of solution bias that you are keeping when you are designing your enterprise workflows. So that's number three, look out for that. Number two is the departmental bias. And typically departmental bias is going to be based on the power position. Sometimes it could be the because of the background of the executive. If the executive, let's say, come from either marketing operations or sales background, they are probably going to be biased towards those departments just because that's what they have seen in their life. That department might be far more powerful than the other departments and they might be dragging the architecture, the master data sets in their direction. They might be designing the processes from their perspective as well. So, and the best way to remove the departmental bias is going to be to align all of the departments, to design those process maps, to design the process, the engineering maps, to design those reconciliation workflows. And unless you put that on a piece of paper, unless you guide them why their decisions are going to impact the other departments, it might be a very difficult decision. You might make decisions just because these guys are not listening or they are not seeing something that you are trying to communicate and all of that generally fires back. So that is the department bias and that's number two. Now, number one on our list is the alliance bias. And alliance bias could have many different flavors as well, whether the bias is going to be related to the consultants or it could be your own internal team. The flavors are going to be, let's say, if you are working with a reseller and if they sell only a couple of solutions or just one solution, obviously they are going to structure the process from that perspective. So that's why it's very important to understand all of these biases. Uh, you need to read between the lines when you are working with any of the consultants, why they are recommending certain things. And if they are being objective, you know, are they really objective? How many different solutions are they looking for? Look at their content strategy, look at their previous interviews, look at their resumes in terms of where they come from. And all of these things are going to help you decide whether they are really independent in their approach, in their thinking. So it's not just the financial bias that is going to be relevant here. It could be the, the way they are going to be aligned to a specific solution. Now, the alliance bias could also come from your internal resources. For example, the vendors might offer the compensation arrangement 
for the employees or for the executive. So you need to watch for that as well. So regardless of where the bias is coming from, whether it is for your internal team or it could be with the consultants, you need to make sure that you are reading between the lines and you are being completely objective when you are selecting the solution. Because if you are going to have these biases, they are probably going to fire back with your architecture. You are going to have the reconciliation issues. So watch out for these bias. That's it for this uh, video. If you enjoyed this, we are going to include the link for a detailed article. So check that out. We publish these videos on a weekly basis. And if you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, you might want to do that. This podcast is also available in the audio form on Apple, Spotify, or Google. So you might check and subscribe. And if you have not checked our digital transformation report for 2023, we are going to include the links to check that out. On that note, thanks for tuning in. I'll see you in the next one. Thank you for listening to another episode of the WBS Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information on growth strategies for SMBs using ERP and digital transformation, check out our community at wbs.rocks. We'll see you next time.